0: Please be aware, the following material may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion advised.
1: Quaker.
2: I'm sorry. Could you uh, repeat the question?
1: Do you find it difficult living alone out here?
2: Not at all. No, I uh, I have everything I need. A nice library, a studio to work out of, and my favorite place is the kitchen. <laughs> See, that's that's where the magic happens.
1: It is a very nice kitchen. Open concept with a ton of natural light. Very intentional with its use of materials, but Hardly the most interesting aspect of your home.
2: (laughs) I guess not.
1: Come on, you live in a house inside of a greenhouse.
2: It's hardly a novel concept.
1: Novel to North Americans? Most people will settle for a garden room, but you, you said wrap the whole thing in glass. (laughs) What was your thought process behind the design?
2: Well, it's a sustainable model. I wanted to create a place to observe the world around me. Be one with nature. You know. Since we're surrounded by trees. The river is right down the hill.
1: And there isn't a single room without a floor-to-ceiling window. Even the bathrooms.
2: (laughs) What can I say? (laughs) I like transparency.
1: I bet. (laughs) I I wonder, would you be open to discussing your career after you left your firm? How things have changed for you since you started your own architecture company?
2: Well, it it can be intimidating, uh, starting on your own, but... No one ever did anything well with fear in their heart.
1: So things are going well with Quaker Flores, Studio of Design?
2: I'm pleased with my current endeavors, yes.
1: I ask, because many in the architecture world are wondering what your next move will be.
2: Rest assured, uh, my partner Tony Flores and I have a strong vision for the future.
1: Care to elaborate?
2: Uh, I think your readers will be more interested in the vision behind this home. If I may, could... I talk about the garden.
1: Yes, of course.
2: Everything in here was grown from seeds. From the bougainvillea growing up the side of the house to the fruits and veggies in the surrounding garden. All of which is sustained by a recycled watering system beneath us.
1: It is a veritable cornucopia. You seem to have an assortment of produce all around us on the side of a mountain in Vermont. In the middle of winter, no less.
2: I wanted a space you could feel comfortable in year-round.
1: You like humidity?
2: (laughs) I'm a Georgia boy.
1: Amazing. You really do seem to have it all. But I wonder, does it ever feel like a lot for just one person?
2: Well, it it was intended to serve a family originally. But things... uh, things changed.
1: Right. Switching gears. In addition to being one of the foremost African-American architects of our day, Many in the architecture world consider you to be one of the founders of the urban echo movement. Could you explain the philosophy to our readers?
2: Ecological urbanism. Uh, The goal in a lot of my work is to reintegrate nature with urban life, improving the ecology of the world's concrete jungles, not only reaching new heights in structural design, but also supporting the well-being of those who live and work in these spaces.
1: Would you say your nature house supports your well-being?
2: Yes. Yes, uh, a lot of us have a hard time being by ourselves, but uh, (laughs) I prefer it.
1: So you chose to apply this philosophy of reintegration not into a penthouse in the city, but a rural landscape.
2: (laughs) If you want to put it that way. I sense a critique.
1: It's just an observation.
2: Come on. I welcome a, a good critique.
1: It's a model home for sustainability in a place that frankly doesn't need it. Hidden from prying eyes, virtually inaccessible? I I just wonder, do you feel it's maybe...
2: Self-serving? <laughs> not at all. Like you say, it, it is a model. I'm not the first person to do this, and my hope is that I won't be the last, which is why I agreed to do this feature.
1: Of course. Me too. I mean, I would take a home like this over a McMansion any day, but how can we create change if we don't live out in the open?
2: You uh, try proposing a place like this to your... Your neighborhood HOA. Let me know how it goes.
1: Do you really think this is a feasible reality for most people? Without access to materials?
2: We create our own reality. You show me the group of people who all decide they don't want to live in the same house, and I'll show you a group of people who will do their damnedest to make sustainability a priority. Supply... Will fit the demand
1: And create more manufacturing, which creates more carbon emissions.
2: You needn't manufacture what's already available. Listen, we can go down this rabbit hole, but I think your readers are more interested in the house, so... Uh,
1: let's take a break. Cut!
2: That took a turn. I thought this was a feature for Architectural Digest, not a guest spot on Politico.
1: I'm sorry, I meant no disrespect, I just think it's important to consider the full picture.
2: Can we just stick to the features of the place? I... I haven't done press in a while. I mean, especially with uh, cameras. If I'd known we were debating, I would have prepped better.
1: I'm sorry. Really. I'm a huge fan, believe it or not.
2: Could have fooled me. Ready to roll?
1: Are you ready? Yeah? Okay. Ready. Rolling. We're presently sitting on the back deck of your nature house, overlooking the ridge. You have a great view of the lake. How did you find this place?
2: Earlier, you asked me why I situated the house here instead of on top of the building. Truth is, it was a graduation gift from my father. The land. He he gave me my first opportunity, actually.
1: Is that right?
2: I started with a simple four-walled cabin. Uh, I lived here for a time as is. Uh, then I added another room, I uh, took down the back wall, made it a window, then added a, another level. Over the years, we gradually expanded until we were left with the house you have now.
1: You say, we?
2: My wife. She was actually the one whose idea it was to weatherproof the exterior. It's charred, using a Japanese firing technique.
1: It was a good choice. It takes attention from the house and lets the vegetation around it flourish. Where is she now?
2: I'd... Rather not discuss my personal life? (laughs) Right. I'd like to say one last thing about urban ecology. Urban ecosystems are dysfunctional. They are consuming more than they output, and as long as this continues, we are doomed. I just want to show people another way of being, another version of life. You can add that to the part about me being self-serving.
1: Thank you for your time today, Mr. Quaker.
2: You can call me Darnell. Miss...
1: It's Katie. I'll have a copy of the article to read in a couple of weeks.
2: Okay. What's uh, with the drone?
1: The team will cut together segments of our interview for the web edition and splice in some of this drone footage we're collecting now.
2: Uh, I see.
1: Uh, one last thing. We'd like to feature you on the cover as discussed, but the photographer couldn't make it, so... I'll be taking your picture. Sure. Great. Let me just grab my camera. You just think of where you'd like to be photographed.
2: Yes, just a few pictures, then kindly get the fuck out of my house. And take a little drone, too. Nice camera.
1: Thanks. Let me ask you, is there a feature of the house that you're most proud of? Preferably exterior? I mean, We have a number of interiors taken, and we like to present clean spreads without people.
2: Well, I am fond of this corner of the inner house by that mossy tree. This is where the foundational house began.
1: You carved your initials into it. DQ plus AM?
2: Alexandra Morton.
1: Wow. Can I ask you a personal question? Off the record? I guess. Of all your projects, would you say you're proudest of this one?
2: Honestly, no. I have more pride in the projects I didn't make than the ones I made.
1: What do you wish you'd made that you hadn't gotten a chance to design yet?
2: There was a sculpture for my wife. Uh, an organic fountain cut from limestone off the coast of eastern China. Rock born of an ancient place in the middle of a thoroughfare. Alex always saw it in a roundabout.
1: Like the one in your driveway? But larger, I imagine. Come again? The fountain in your driveway. Limestone, about ten feet tall, full of holes.
2: Not on my land.
1: You can see it just over there, through the glass pane.
2: What is that?
1: I was hoping you could tell me. We photographed it on the way in. Would you like a photo with it? Actually, that would be great. Can we get an angle from the front yard?
2: I didn't put that there. fuck is this?
1: What I couldn't figure out is where the water's coming from. Does the system you mentioned pump this far out into the property?
2: Who put this here? Is Is—is this a joke?
1: Again, this feels like a you question. If this is some elaborate stunt, bravo, but it's kind of unnecessary, don't you think?
2: I, I didn't put this here. Someone is fucking with me, clearly.
1: I'll just take a quick photo.
2: I, I, I wasn't ready.
0: to an automatic voice message system. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options.
2: Tony, can you please call me when you get a chance? Uh, I think someone is playing a very bad practical joke, and we're still, it seems, someone else has access to my archives. Call me back, please. Thanks. Darnell? I'm going to need to wrap this up. What's wrong? I just just can't... Continue. I, I can... I can arrange with your office to get something else on the books, but for, for now I need to rest.
1: I think we should finish.
2: Uh, n- no.
1: What did you name the fountain?
2: That's none of your business.
1: It's your take on the wishing well, right?
2: Yes. But how do you know this?
1: You wanted it to be more than just a disruption. You wanted it to be a point of communion, a place of knowledge that's why you had all these inscriptions carved into the rock, like-
2: Rosetta Stone. I... I only told one person about this, and I burned any physical copies of it that existed.
1: Not every copy. It has always existed.
2: Who are you?
1: A traveler.
2: What is this? Communion. What's happening to your face? You're changing.
0: The veil is melting.
2: Am I dreaming?
0: You said we create our own reality.
2: You decide what you want to share, but your steps are mine in this plane and the next. I'm dying to get my hands on you. You will tell me what it's Should have known I was dreaming when there wasn't any snow outside. Where is that coming from? H- Hello? Why is the front door open? Are those footprints? What the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? Hello? Hello? What are you doing here? Do you need help? The same thing you're doing here. Listen! This is this is private property, man. You can't be here. I'm gonna turn the light on this fool. What? No fucking way. Creating my own reality? Got tired of mine. He... He looks just like me. And I want yours. I'm calling the cops.
0: Oh, the door, please. 911, what's your emergency?
2: Uh, I need a car up here at Point De Young. 37456, I have an intruder your emergency yes hello can you hear me this is
1: sir
2: can you repeat that ah fuck i would introduce myself but it feels like we've spent the better part of an evening getting to know you which it turns out means getting to know me which is the confusing to say the least but i'm doing my best to make the transition as clean as possible the police are coming no they're not I made sure of that. I have a gun. You you definitely don't. Fuck around and find out. Don't tempt me with a good time. Unlike you, I know how to fight. What do you want? I need to know everything about you so I can take your place and you can take your seat in heaven at once. I am you. Just less obsessed with saving the rainforest or whatever the fuck it is you're into. Just think of me as a relative. How is this possible? We're drawn to one another, you and I. Only, I'm the more compelling force. The biggest, stinkiest piece of cheese coming over to warp your reality. So you're crazy, right? I have money. If that's what you want, can I make you an omelet or something? Money's cool, but really, I just want you dead. It's as simple as that. Wake up! This isn't a dream, but I've been studying you through yours for about a month now and I think I get the picture. I'm ready to take the reins here if you'll let me. Why are you doing this? I got tired of life. My life, that is. So I figured out how to reach into yours. It wasn't easy with the others, but I've had practice. I- Uh, Alex? Hi, Darnell. How is this possible?
0: There's a lot to explain.
2: You have dreadlocks.
0: I'm not your Alex, baby. I was his.
2: Did you kill him? You hit him with a shovel.
0: Leave him behind. If he's here, that means it's already too late. Wherever he goes, the universe goes.
2: Maybe this world already ended.
0: Where did you come from? A place like this, but darker. Come with me into the snow.
2: feet are so cold. Where are we going?
0: Somewhere safe. I think. He won't need shoes. He may follow.
2: Am I dead?
0: No. There's the fountain again. Did,
2: did you make this? I
0: used it to get you here. It holds more power than you know. And he can't comprehend it. That's why he wants to kill you. So confused there's time yet to understand if you give it a chance
2: Sure
1: This episode of Don't Write Me Off, entitled Relatives, stars Doug Buffalo as Darnell Quaker, Nadia Vasquez as Katie, Kenicki Jones-Jones as Alex, and Doug Buffalo as The Worst One. Relatives is a Lucky Broadcasting production written by Shanton Williams II, directed by Cole Gosley, with editing and sound design by Chase Anderson. A Lucky Broadcasting production...